kind of sits this. Lay your hands on the people, just like on their shoulders, the one beside them. Good morning, good morning, good Sunday morning to you. I pray that you've woken up ready to worship the Lord and to praise Him. Um, even though we can't get together in the physical building, I want you to imagine for a moment that we're there. I want you to imagine that uh, when you're looking to the left and to the, the right, you see your brothers and sisters, and you see the worship team ready to worship God, and uh, we're ready to praise God, and there's a spirit of excitement, a spirit of uh, enthusiasm. You know, we're there ready to praise God. Well, guess what? We are. We're just in a virtual place, but we are the church. The building's not the church. We are the church. So this moment, we're going to gather together and worship God and praise Him. Remember, all of us are a choir, and we are worshiping upward to the Heavenly Father. So wherever you're at, whether it be in your living room, in your bedroom, in the car, wherever it may be, it's time to worship the Lord. And before we get into worship, I wanted to thank uh, Julio Rodriguez. What an awesome job he's been doing. I'm so grateful for everything that he has done. And for all of you that are doing your best behind the scenes, we're gathering together during the week. We're praying and interceding together. Thank you, all those that are praying. Thank you, all those that are fasting and covering our church families. You know, as you know, um, there's a lot of pain out there. There's a lot of concern. Uh, there's a lot of fears. And we know that the church has the answer. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and repent, turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, he says, and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Notice the word, heal their land. So it's our prayers, not the world's prayers, our prayers. We're on the wall right now. We're standing in the gap. So I thank each and every one of you for your prayers throughout the week, for continuing to come together and, and uh, worshiping God together and receiving instruction together throughout the week. Thank you also uh, for your generous donations, those of you that have been able to get onto the website, calvaryny.org, and you've given your donations, your tithes and offerings. I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Another thing, I want you right now to take a moment to chime in in the chat room. Uh, you know, say family, uh, you know, Nazario is there, uh, you know, and maybe say hello to the brethren. Let's uh, fellowship together uh, in chat so that we'll know that you're there. We know that you're around, that you're worshiping together. I want to know. I'm interested uh, to know that you're on board. So uh, please take a moment uh, to uh, enter into the chat room and uh, state your name, you know, say good morning to me, something. Give me a verse a word of encouragement, something I want to hear from you, okay? And then the next thing is, uh, in a little while, we're going to receive the Lord's Supper. So I want you to have ready some crackers and some juice because we're going to worship the Lord and we're going to remember. We're going to remember uh, even as Jesus instructed us. He said, uh, do this in memory of me, right? So uh, together today, as we are always accustomed to, in the first weekend of the month, we're going to receive the Lord's Supper together, okay? And then uh, uh, the next thing is we're just going to get into worship, right? So let me open up in prayer, and then we'll get into our corporate worship. Father, in this moment, I thank you for this beautiful brand new day. This is the, the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. 
we will rejoice and be glad in it. So, Father, I rejoice together with your people. In this moment, we're getting ready to worship you. We honor you. Father, we say we trust you with all of our hearts. We lean not upon our own understanding. We acknowledge you in all our ways, and we thank you for directing our paths. So, Father, we submit this time in your hands. I ask that you minister to your people right where they're at, Lord God, as they lift up their hearts to you, as we pray together to you. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you fill their homes, fill those rooms where they're at, fill fill them, Lord, right uh, in the car where they might be, maybe even at, at the job, maybe in the train, wherever it may be. I pray, fill them with your presence, fill them with your joy, with the peace that passes understanding. And, Father, I also pray... Uh, Lord, that we could reflect Jesus to a lost and dying world. Reflect Jesus to those that are unsure, unclear. They don't know what's going on. They're concerned. They're afraid. Lord, let them know, Father, through us that you are their provider, their Lord, their Savior, their friend. You are, hallelujah, their soon coming King. And greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, hallelujah, by your grace. So, Father, I thank you, my God. Thank you that you're with us. And now, Lord God, we get ready to uh, and prepare to worship you. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would visit us and fill us and heal us, my God. Restore us. Grant us your peace, peace of mind, peace of heart, peace in our souls, strength in our bodies, my God. I plead the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ over us, over our family members, our children, grandchildren, fathers, mothers, uncles and aunts, nephews and nieces, my God. Even those, Lord God, that are in our, our church family, my Lord, the Calvary Christian Fellowship family, our presbytery ministry friends, and our sister churches, and all of their families. We give you the glory. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. Purpose. 
give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. And great are you, Lord. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only.
And now I just wanted to talk to you just briefly, uh, once again, thanking you for uh, the opportunity for us to continue uh, to be normal, to not have any problems. Once we get back to a normal life, so to speak, uh, we'll be able as a church family to continue and make sure that all our bills are paid, make sure that we're ministering to people because behind the scenes, that's something we're looking uh, forward to doing also as the time goes along. We'll have more and more of our brethren that will have some needs and we'll make sure to um, be a part of those that bless them. So uh, as a church, thank you for your faithfulness and your tithing and giving. Never forget that, especially with the tithes, the tithes are an act of our warfare. Our prayers are warfare. Uh, but also our life is our warfare, our declaration of the word is our warfare, and also our tithes are part of our warfare. Because in Malachi chapter 3, it says that when we release the tithe, God's the one that opens up the windows of heaven. And right now we need open windows over us, you know, uh, uh, our presence, or rather the presence of God in our homes needs to be open. Wisdom, revelation, strategies need to be open. Uh, so that's part of our warfare. Also, uh, our Almighty God says, Try me in this if I would not open up the windows of heaven. But then he also says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. So that's part of our warfare. As we release the tithe for somebody else, we make sure that the house of the Lord is taken care of. We make sure that other people's needs are being met. We make sure that the word of the Lord is coming forth. Even if it's uh, through daily prayers, through Zoom and instructions and Tuesdays and Thursdays and Fridays and Sundays, you know, we're opening up our doors. And so I thank you for that because we're able to continue to do that. So um, at the end of the service, when we finish today, I'm going to ask that you make a note to yourself and go to our website, calvaryny.org. That's calvaryny.org. And go to the upper header where it says donation or give. You click in there and it'll give you an opportunity to go to the page where you can give your tithe and offering right through a credit card. And uh, once again, we appreciate this uh, very much, more than words can say. And we, all, we also appreciate God's word, where he is the one that confirms to us that when we do like God, who's a giving God, when we give to something outside of our need, God is the one that provides for all of our needs. We recognize also in Ephesians chapter 6, when, you know, when we make things happen for others, God makes things happen for us. So I thank you, brethren, for that. I'm going to pray a moment for you uh, in, in this regard. Father, I pray for your people this moment. I pray for supernatural provision during this time. And for those, Lord God, that have been furloughed or have um, lost their jobs because of this, Holy Father, you are ultimately our provider. You know, we worked in one place, but we might not work there tomorrow. But you're the one who always provides. But, we, but you're the one who provides according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus our Lord. And I thank you because throughout my life I've seen your hand move. Even when I haven't had a job and I've asked you, you've supernaturally provided in so many different times in so many different areas. So Father, I praise you this moment. I thank you because you are our provider. And Lord, as we give in this day, as we give from our hearts, as we give, Lord God, as we sacrifice and give, Lord, that uh, ministry can continue to come forth and we can minister to others, Lord, behind the scenes. I pray, Lord God, that you bring us into this cycle of increase, this cycle of provision, so that as we receive, we can give, Lord God, and we can give and receive and receive and give. Lord, thank you for that cycle of blessing that you give us because you are our provider. So, Lord, we pray these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.
Now uh, I want to take uh, a moment and I want to receive the Lord's Supper together with you. This is precious to me and it, 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 it's like it's precious to all of us. But understand something, when we, with a clear heart, with a clear conscience, when we receive the Lord's Supper, um, you know, the Bible says that, uh, um, you know, we remember his death. And he, he said, he said, I desire to take this supper with you, he said. It was very important to him. And in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three, 23, uh, the, the Apostle Paul also received that revelation. Even though he wasn't one of the 12 original apostles, uh, the Lord taught him, showed him. And he said in verse 23, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. See, so he received this from the Lord, how important the Lord's Supper is. It's a time when we can humble ourselves. It's a time when we can recognize his goodness. It's a time where we could recognize that he died, that he became sin so that we would be free, so we would become the righteousness of God so that we would be delivered, so that we could be adopted into his family. So if you're ready, I want to uh, read the verses, and then we'll receive the Lord's Supper. I have um, a, piece, a piece of unleavened bread in my hand, and uh, let me read the verse um, from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 and 24. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus Christ on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. He broke it. And he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Eat of the bread. Heavenly Father, thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Father. Thank you, my God, for the body that was broken, your body that was broken for us, my God, so we would be made whole. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you, Lord, that as you was eating with these 12 disciples, who later on would become great apostles, they did not know the pain that you were about to endure. They did not know that your body was indeed going to be broken for all of humanity. But today we remember and we thank you. We thank you for your kindness, my God. We thank you that your body was broken, that we would be healed. By your stripes, we are healed. By your stripes, we are healed. Father, we ask your forgiveness this moment. We repent of any all sin that we've committed. And Father, as we receive your body, we humble ourselves before you, and we recognize your goodness. If it were not for you, where would we be? Forgive us, Lord God. Cleanse us of any of all sin any in all sin. Cleanse us of any pride, any arrogance. Cleanse us, Lord God, of separating ourselves from you, our Lord God, of thinking that we could go at this alone, that we don't need you. Oh, Father, we need you. We need you with all of our heart. We trust you with all of our hearts. We lean not upon our own understanding. We acknowledge you in all of our ways, and we thank you for directing our paths, my God. Cleanse our sin. Father, thank you, my God. Thank you. Thank you, my Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In verse 24 through 26, it says, And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, All right, let me go to verse 25. Verse 25 says it this way. In the same manner, after he also, after, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. 
For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Drink of the cup. Heavenly Father, thank you for the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the blood that cleanses us from all sin, for the blood that allows the destroyer to pass over us and not afflict us and not destroy us. Thank you for the blood that delivers us, sets us free, and grants us the greatest privilege to be children of God, co-laborers with you, and co-heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I plead the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ right now over each of us, our families, our children, our combined families, Lord, of all those that are watching today. I plead the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ over each of them, their families, their homes, their businesses, their jobs, over all that pertains to us and over all of our rear guard. Thank you for the blood that cleanses, that protects. Thank you for the blood that delivers and sets us free. We love you, Lord. We praise you, Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. I will lift my voice to sing In this moment I surrender And I believe you can do
small corner of the city, a parade began. No internet, no announcements, no tweets. Word of mouth carried the news. And the parade had no floats, no balloons, no bands. Just the voices of the people singing one word. Hosanna. The word has no actual meaning. It'd be like trying to define the word hooray. But still, they knew what it meant. Hosanna. The king has arrived. Jesus had been working quietly behind the scenes, urging people to not tell of what they saw. But how can you keep a secret like that? They were ready for him. They had been praying for his arrival for generations. The Messiah had come. Hosanna. They waved branches. They threw their coats on the road. It was all they could do. They gave him a breeze and they sang him a song. Hosanna. It was all they had. They would die for him. But what they didn't understand is that it was going to happen the other way around. The Pharisees were watching, waiting, planning. He was too popular. The crowds would follow him anywhere. But even if you silence the crowd, you can't silence creation. Even if you silence the crowd, the rocks would sing, the trees would take up chorus, and the earth itself would sing, Hosanna. Hosanna, the king has arrived. God bless you, Deaconess Lurles. I like the way I like to call you. (laughs) Praise God. God bless you. God bless you. It's good to be able to fellowship with you on this beautiful day. And um, knowing that you're a woman of prayer, woman of insight, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions, you know, just to see what you've been sensing in your spirit these last couple of days as we're navigating through, my God, a, a historic time frame in certainly in my lifetime. I've never experienced anything like this in my lifetime. Although we did experience the 9-11, that had similar um, effects all of us, anxiety, worries, and things like that. But it was one situation in a very specific place. This is impacting the entire world. So what are some of the things that you're doing, uh, some of the things that the Lord's shown you, uh, some of the prayers you're making, uh, some of the advice you would give? So talk talk to me. Well, uh, it was certainly an eye-opener, an awakening of sorts. Oh, yeah. It's literally changed my whole uh, mindset, my thought process, um, everything and everything that surrounds me just has a new sense of um, urgency. Uh, Yes, good word, urgency, yeah. Yeah, it's been very humbling to say the least Um, because in all honesty, I, I believe that you know, God is really um, 
knocking on our door, essentially just uh, getting our attention in the most, uh, I mean, only he can choose something like this to uh, use this as a tool to awaken us. Um, he's used it in the past. Uh, it's, it doesn't come as a surprise that he's using it even in our present day, essentially. Um, one thing, uh, the, to, to even put a name to it, it's, it's very humbling. Uh, it's caused me to, it's heightened so many things in me. It's heightened my discernment, it's heightened my, uh, my compassion has been at an all-time high, most definitely. I, I mean, I know I cry in the presence of the Lord all the time. Like Jenny used to say, you know, I cry at pamper commercials. Well, I find myself crying even when I'm not directly uh, reading about something or looking at something. It's just been a state of weeping, almost as is being in, in ash cloth and ashes when people were mourning in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament. So it's been, uh, uh, I've been in a place of contemplation, in a place of, of asking God for, um, even though he's heightened everything else, I've, I've been wanting to clearly hear what God has to say at this time, you know, and because he's not going to leave his people confused and unaware that I know the word says it. You know, so I'm expecting God to uh, respond when I pray, when I seek his face. At times, it's just a moment of just crying before the Lord and letting the Holy Spirit guide me into what it is that he needs me to pray that even my understanding is close to it. Right. You know, um, what, I, what I do feel is lacking right now is that we need to fast. Uh, fast draws you closer to God fast, weakens your body to a point that you become so sensitive to God and to his voice. Uh, whenever um, Israel returned to the Lord in the Old Testament, they always went into prayer and fasting. That was the number one thing that they did. And we have yet to do that. So I'm hoping in either today, tonight or tomorrow, an email blast will be sent out to call for fa uh, a church-wide fast for us to really dig deep and really seek God like never before. Um, I'm expecting, I mean, I've, I've seen where prophets have prophesied that God is gonna, uh, his outpouring is gonna be uh, so immense at this time to a degree, uh, some say to like the book of Acts, some say more. All I know is that since before this happened, I was already being uh, made aware of it. I didn't know how it was going to come. I just knew because I started to notice some, some heightened discernment levels on my behalf and very quick, the presence of God, like even now, uh, when I'm at home, I could be doing like say a puzzle because, you know, we're in quarantine. So you got to, you know, find things to That's do. Right. True, I need to do puzzles with my daughter. Right. So I'm doing puzzles and, uh, or I could be on the sofa. I have the TV on but I'm not really watching it. And the presence of the Lord is just there. It's just there. You know, that many times I've had to just go before his presence, you know, uh, because his presence is so tangible. Uh, we know that as the body of Christ, you know, he's our groomsman preparing us 
So we got to be at the front lines ourselves in prayer and intercession for those who don't know him or those who did know him, but have yet to come back to the Lord. You know, because you still have obstinate ones, unfortunately. Right. I, my family, they've never known the Lord and they're still obstinate. But I'm believing that God, like Pharaoh, uh, had a hard heart and he softened it. Well, I believe that type of faith for my family. They're going to get to a place where they have no recourse but to fall to their knees. But you, you made a good point because you're saying that with Pharaoh, God softened his heart. But when is it that his heart got softened? It was in the midst of mm -hmm. a catastrophe. Exactly. We finally realized, oh my God, I've been fighting against the living God. Yeah, yeah. Throughout all the other nine plagues, he, he had a stiff neck. Mm -hmm. And he continued with his pride. But on the 10th one, when he realized that God it has the power of life and death, that's when he realized, oh my God, um, I've been fighting against Almighty God and I, I am nothing before him. And that's when his heart softened and he released Israel. Yeah, well, that's how and I see it. in the midst of a plague. <laughs> uh -huh. And so we're living right now a time where it's, it's plague-like. So yeah. th this is the time where I believe that there are many people that are going to be sensitive. That's why uh, you know, many have been praying for a great harvest. They've been praying for, for revival, for breaking out, people becoming sensitive to Almighty God. This is the perfect time. Right, it but is. We didn't think that it was going to be like this. We yeah. wanted, uh, you know, revival yet with the good times. Sometimes revival comes when people are broken, when people are humbled, when people realize, oh my God, we're fighting against the living God. Or when people turn away from God. And um, I'll tell you even more so, the example will be when the Israelites, remember when they got stung by the snakes? They had such great victory. And on their way to the next place, they start murmuring because they're hungry or they're thirsty. They say, oh, you know, so they murmur against Moses and God. What happens? The snakes come. They get bit. Some die. Not everybody. Some died. But they, ha they had to repent. And back then, Jesus hadn't died yet. So he had, they had to go to Moses and tell them, you know, that we sin. Can you go to God and let him know, you know, that, you know, we're sorry for our sin, that he'll forgive us and whatever. And God brought them the cure. But in the New Testament time, it's our responsibility to go before God. Yeah. And say, God, have mercy. I have sinned you know so as yeah as a church and the church as a whole it's come to a place where okay you know it um i wouldn't say that god has delayed his coming but people got tired of waiting or didn't see any results or for whatever the case may be that like will say you know i serve the lord but live their life however they want it now, isn't that the tendency of mankind? Yes, the Israelites did. get too good, we tend to, you know, throw everything, you know, caution to the wind, so to speak. And exactly. yeah, I'm going to live whatever way we want to. Even the scriptures, it said that in those days, men, men said, oh, he's, he delays in his coming. And then right. begin to live in a sinful lifestyle. It's just the tendency of humanity. But yes. this is a season of brokenness. It's a season where God is moving in our lives and showing us. That in fact, everything can be taken away just like that. Exactly.
Thank you, Lord. I appreciate this time. I appreciate your thoughts. We will continue praying together. Amen. And I look forward to the breakthrough very soon. We Amen. just have to continue to stand. The Bible says after having done all, even we don't know how to pray, just stand. Amen. Just declare the word of the Lord. Declare Psalms 91. Declare Psalms 23. You know, and what will happen is we'll get through this. We'll, we'll get, the Bible says, even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. So this is a season to stand in it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. God bless. And uh, I'll see you um, at, the, at, the, at the message. All right? <laughs> Stay God safe. Bless. God bless. get into a message right now that I'm sure will encourage you, but at the same time, point out that we're not the only ones that are going uh, through these concerns. Right now, the world is going through a major concern. The world, all of us, every single one of us. The, the poor man is right now concerned. The rich man is concerned. The young and old are concerned. People all over the world are concerned. So today, I wanted to talk a couple of minutes about, on the theme, shaken but not moved. Shaken, but not moved. What we're experiencing today is not new. Think about it. Even in the book of Exodus, we can see a historical moment where the world uh, was shaken to its core in that day. Egypt was shaken. Israel was shaken. The Israelites experienced what most are experiencing right now. It was a different scenario, but they were still uh, in a place of anxiety, of worry. While they were locked in their homes, waiting for the destroyer to pass by, they experienced anxiety, worry, fears, concerns. What's going to happen? Is this going to work? You know, am I going to die? I mean, is this destroyer going to get me? They, you know, they were concerned for themselves. And what about my friend in the next door, my cousin in the next door? I know they were, they were together in families, but every family was in their home. So the friends were, were concerned for each other also. In Exodus chapter 12, verses 21 through 23, Moses, by instruction of the Holy Spirit, uh, spoke this to the people. It says, Moses called to all the elders of Israel, and he said to them, Pick out and take lambs for yourselves according to your families, and kill the Passover lamb. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning. For the Lord will pass through and strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses and strike you. Wow. So they received that instruction. 
Not much else. That's it. Just get in your home, make sure the blood is on the doorposts and the lintel, and uh, quietly celebrate the Passover Seder or the Passover Supper, and just wait it out. And they heard throughout the night cries and screams. They heard people crying outside. They heard all the calamity that was going around their lives, around their community, around their home, and they had to wait it out. Verse 27 in part B says this, this, so the people went in and they bowed their heads and they worshiped. That's what they did. They bowed their heads in their homes and they worshiped. And then they ate according to the way the Lord had spoken for them to eat that evening. Then they waited it out until the finish of that particular crisis, until that crisis was over. In verse 28, it says, the children of Israel went away and did so just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. So you see various things there. Um, you know, they bowed their heads, they worshiped, they did exactly what Moses and Aaron had commanded them as per the word of the Lord. So several things. Number one, they humbled themselves. They humbled themselves. They bowed before the Lord. The Bible makes it very clear that people bowed their heads and worshiped. That was not a time of pride. That was a time of humbling. That was a time of realizing, oh my God, there's nothing we can do here. We have to go into our homes and trust God. We have to go into our homes and worship God. We have to allow God to do what He's going to do. So that was a time of great prayer, great intercession, a time of, of, of just coming together as a family and trusting God together. They humbled themselves before the Lord. In Exodus chapter 10, verse 3, it says something interesting. Moses and Aaron came to Pharaoh and said to him, Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go that they may serve me. Notice, the issue was an issue of humbling oneself. Pharaoh was a prideful man, and he didn't think that God could do anything to him. He didn't think that he needed anybody. He had everybody. He was the sovereign, or so he thought. But it's interesting, what God tells him is, how long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? And today God is saying that to the world. The world has been challenged. We're wondering, what in the world is going on in such a short span of time? We were powerful. We had everything, everything we needed. If we needed anything, we just went, took out our credit cards, took care of it, paid it later on. We have our cars. We have our health, we have our strength, national strength. And suddenly, everybody's being humbled. And that's what God is looking for in this day. A humbled heart. A heart that would recognize Him. A heart that would acknowledge Him. A heart that realizes that we are God. Really, we're very limited. And we can't make it. We need His help. In 2 Kings 22, verse 18 and 19, it says, But as for the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord... In this manner you shall speak to him. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, concerning the words which you have heard, because your heart was tender, and you humbled yourself before the Lord, when you heard that I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they would become a desolation and a curse, and you tore your clothes and you wept before me, I have also heard you, says the Lord. Wow. See, when we humble ourselves, when we when we bow before Almighty God, when we ask Him for forgiveness, 
Forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me of any and all sin. This king had gone before the Lord. This great king had bowed before the Lord. And his heart was tender before the Lord. And you know what? God saw it. And God came back to him in a word and said, Because you have done that, I have heard you. I have heard you. And the Lord hears our humility. He hears us when we bow before him, when we humble ourselves before him. Hallelujah. James 4.10 says this, Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Did you hear that? Humble yourselves, James 4.10, before the Lord, in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Notice that as we humble ourselves before the Lord, he sees us in the sight of the Lord. He sees when you're praying all alone in your bedroom. He sees when you're praying in the car. He sees you when you're humbling yourself before him. He says, as you have humbled yourself, I have heard your prayer. Hallelujah. The second thing they did, not only did they humble themselves, but they worshiped the Lord. Psalms 5, 7 says this, But I know that you will welcome me into your house, for I am covered by your covenant of mercy and love, and I come to your sanctuary with deepest awe, and I bow and worship and adore you. That was the great King David. King David would bow before the Lord. King David would worship God on a continual basis. And God once said of King David, that's a man after my own heart. David had his pride, absolutely. But when it, when it came to the Lord, he didn't have pride. He had humility. He would bow himself before Almighty God. And he would worship him. And he would praise him. In Psalm 95, David said, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Notice how David would always talk about worship. He would talk about bowing down. The great king would bow down before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. John 4, 24 says this, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So that means we must bow down, not just physically. We can physically bow down, and yet our hearts not be right before God. But the scripture says that we must worship him or bow down and honor him and reverence him, be in awe in our spirit, in our spirit man, within ourselves, in our hearts. The deepest part of us must worship him, not just the external, not just the lips. One time Jesus said, these people worship me or they praise me with their lips, but their heart is far away from them. He knew what was in the heart. So in this season, is your heart bowed before the Lord? Or are you just doing the external bowing, but your heart is still prideful? My God. Then the next thing is that, the third thing, they obeyed the word of the Lord. Exodus 12, 28, when the children of Israel went their way, they did so. Just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. See, they worshiped God, they honored him, they obeyed his word. Philippians 2, 12 says this, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, the apostle said this, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. See, um, the apostle Paul realized that God's people were obeying God, were obeying him, were serving him, not only when he was present, but also when he was absent. He would get reports that the people of God were continuing to obey God. Obey God in what? Well, praying, seeking him, evangelizing, continuing to grow the church in their regions. They were busy on assignment. And Paul said, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, continue to do so in my absence. 
Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And that word fear is awe and reverence. Knowing that we do what we do, God is seeing it. And when we do the right things, it's accounted to us as righteousness because we are falling in line in sync with what Holy Spirit is telling us to do. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11.8 says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to that place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. See, Abraham obeyed God. He trusted God. And he went out to where God told him the promised land would be. God told him, go to that land. Look from the north, the east, the south, and the west. That's going to be your land. And that's the land I'm going to give your sons and daughters. And so he went by faith. And it was accounted to him as righteousness. Look what it says in James 2.23. It says, and the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Because he dared to trust God. He was, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Hallelujah. So in conclusion, I want us to consider as we have taken the Lord's Supper, we're in our homes, we have heard the word of the Lord, we know that he is with us, we know that uh, along with the world, we're being humbled. So we voluntarily humble our hearts, not by crisis, but by revelation. Not by calamity, but by relationship relationship with him. We bow before him because we know him. He's the great and almighty God. We're in awe of him. Number two, we obey him. We, we, we understand who he is. We take time to worship him. You know, we humble ourselves and we worship him, not just with our mouths, but with our hearts, with everything that we have. And we obey his word. And his word also includes prayer and fasting and supplication praying for others, continuing to evangelize, continuing to disciple, in any which way we can. If we can't do it physically, we could do it through the internet. But let's continue to reach out. And it says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that so whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Understand, if you have not had a relationship with God yet, and you're listening to this, God desires for you to have a relationship with Him. He loved the world so much, and that's you and me, that He gave His Son already, so that whoever would believe in Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. The next verse says that He didn't send His Son to condemn the world. We're already condemned by our actions. He said, but the world might be saved through Him. So He's the answer. He's the door. He's the way. In Romans 5.8 it says, but God demonstrates His own love toward us, that in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. Not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. See, my brother, my sister, we're reconciled in Christ. When you come to Jesus, He reconciles you to the Father. He does not hide your sin. He expunges your sin. He gets rid of it. It says that everything becomes new when you come to Christ. In Romans 5.1, it says this, Now therefore, having been justified by faith, yes, when we have faith in Christ Jesus, we become 
justified, and the Bible says we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. When you come to God in faith through Christ, you have peace and you're justified by faith. And so if you've never had a time or you've never taken time to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your Savior, I welcome you right now to join me in a prayer and receive Him because He's the one that justifies you. He's the one that cleanses you. His atoning work on the cross delivered all of us, and He wants to deliver you too. But you have to receive Him. See, um, no lawyer will automatically take your case. You have to ask the lawyer to empower him to take your case. And the Lord Jesus Christ is our heavenly lawyer. He's the one that takes our case to the Father. But we have to ask him. And when we ask him, it activates. And he cleanses us. He goes before the Father. Father, he has received me. She has received me. So I have forgiven them. My blood cleanses them. And the Father sees you and me in Christ. And he says, you are declared not guilty in his presence. Hallelujah. So pray this prayer with me if you have not received the Lord Jesus Christ. And I would like to know if you did so, because we'd like to send you some information. So you could please uh, put on the chat, I've received Christ. Can you please send me some information about uh, living a life for God and some of the scriptures that talk about your salvation? All right. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, this moment, I thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the sacrifice on the cross. Thank you for forgiving my sin. You said in your word that if I would receive your son, you would forgive me. And this moment I received the Lord Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me. Cleanse me of any and all sin. You promised you would. So this moment, I ask that you cleanse me. And you said also that I would be born again if I were to receive you. So this moment, I pray that that miracle of being born again would happen to me right now, today, right where I'm at. Father, I thank you that according to your word, I receive your son. I ask you for forgiveness and you forgive me. So Lord God, this moment, I am born again by your grace. According to your word, I receive your son. I receive the forgiveness of sin. So Father, I pray this moment for those that have received that prayer, that you would, uh, Lord, indeed give them the miracle of the new birth. Lord, even as they have trusted Christ for their salvation, Birth them anew in your kingdom. Do a miracle in their life in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And grant them your peace and heal them, my God. Heal them physically, spiritually, emotionally, and mentally, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord God, that now they are saved, healed, delivered, set free. And Lord God, you have blessed them not just for this lifetime, but also in the time to come. We magnify your holy, holy, holy name. Thank you, Father. Well, praise God, if you've done that, um, you're saved. You're born again. Uh, let me know. Put on chat, I've prayed with you, I've received the Lord Jesus Christ, and give me your email, and we will send you information. We'll also like to pray for you. So if you like, you can also call us, and we will pray uh, for you. Our phone number is 718-829-5306. 718-829-5306. You can also go to our website, calvaryny.org. calvaryny.org. And you could uh, see the past messages that we have shared, the past services that we have had. So if you go to Calvary Christian Fellowship's uh, Facebook page, you can also see some of the things we put on, um, some of the messages, some of the quotes. Um, it'll bless your heart. Hallelujah. So family, it's been a pleasure to worship together. It's been a pleasure uh, to come together in, in this day, in this great day, the Lord's Day. 
Uh, don't forget, um, as we leave, don't forget to go to the website www.calvaryny.org and release the tithe and offering as you're able to. And we thank you for your faithfulness. We love you, and it's been great uh, chatting with you in the chat room as we're also uh, experiencing the service together. God bless you. Have a great and, and prosperous week. Let me pray as we close this down. Father, I pray your blessing upon your people, upon their children, their grandchildren, their families, their jobs. Father, I pray for strategy, for wisdom, but above all, I thank you for your peace, the peace that passes understanding, and the joy of the Lord, which is their strength. I thank you, Father. I pray you heal their bodies. Father, in the name of Jesus, by your stripes, we're healed. By your stripes, Father, you sent your word and you healed us. So I pray strength over your people, Father. I pray strength also over Dori, Lord God, in, in the hospital. Uh, I pray that you bless her with your strength, that she would come home speedily, my God. Uh, and for all those that uh, have been uh, not feeling well, maybe they've been a little under the weather, Father, I pray for your healing anointing upon all of us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the name that is above all names. So, Father, bless your people. And we give you the praise in the name of the Lord of Lords, King of Kings, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Remember, greater is he that is in you <clears throat> than he that is in the world. God bless you. We love you. We, we thank God for you. And I look forward to seeing you Monday in prayer, uh, Tuesday uh, at the Tuesday Zoom gathering. You can find all that information in our website. All right. God bless you. We appreciate it. And I'll see you soon.
kind of sense this. Lay your hands on the people, just like on their shoulders, the one beside you. There's a move happening in this room. And I don't know what you need. I, if you need healing from whatever it may be, I hear asthma and diabetes or there are any cysts in the room. God is moving up and down these aisles right now. And I just want us to take a moment and let him do what he does. <laughs> do what you do. Do what you do. Ooh, this is the move. Do what you do. This is the move. Fresh wind, fresh wind. 